The first round of the playoffs happened last Friday. I'm here to talk all about it along with what's coming up in the second round. So let's dive in. Hope you are doing great. I hope your week has started off fantastic. Uh, again, through that midweek battle. But we've got playoff football is coming up Friday. We got college football is nuts right now. It's, a, it's been great this year. We've got Georgia versus Tennessee coming up on Saturday. I mean, as a football fan, I mean, the Vikings are 6-1. and one. I mean, how can you not be happy right now as a football fan? Um, Friday, I mean, obviously that's mainly what we're going to be talking about in this episode after I kind of talk about what happened last week, just so people stay caught up, um, maybe notice some things you didn't notice from last Friday. It is kind of old news, but it's important to talk about, um, because there is some pretty interesting things that happened that I feel like were kind of out of the ordinary from what normally happened this, uh, regular season. So with that being said, I mean, let's dive straight in. We're going to go with one seed to start off. The one seed, sorry. Dallin Catholic up against Davenport Northwest. They got the job done, 35-0. Um, some key points for me, I talk, like, or key notes for this game. Dowling's O-line is ridiculous. Now, Davenport West obviously doesn't have the defensive line to compete with that good of an offensive line because Dowling's a top two or top three offensive line, possibly top one. Um in the state so to just kind of expect them to put up a fighting chance is kind of ridiculous but um still incredibly impressive what they did uh last friday uh rashad davis and cj phillips that, that running back group is the best in high school football right now they are ridiculous uh rashad davis has really he's taken leaps and bounds his vision is amazing and is explosive he has a great speed uh, he's hard to tackle he's hard to bring down he's definitely one of the premier up-and-coming players in Iowa high school football. and CJ Phillip cannot be forgot he's he's got some breakaway speed he's definitely showcased that he did that against the valley he did that against um recently against Davenport West he also is pretty physical uh breaks tackles they've got two great backs at Dowling that in the playoffs, whether you have a great passing offense or not, it's not going to win you anything if you can't run the ball. Uh, those two have, being your two running backs along with that offensive line make it very hard to stop because that just creates second and manageables or second and shorts, and that sets up Smolik to air deep balls after deep ball or just like a hurt. I don't They're just – offense is just so well-rounded Jalen Thompson has been great then you got Bo Gamble and Cooper Nicholson who have been great this year um their offense has looked really good especially the past couple weeks um I'm excited to see what they do next round up against Joaquin Northwest uh that game happened earlier this year is 45 to 19 um but Hey, it's a different game. Or is it 42? I don't know if it's 45-19 or 42. But 
Um, Dowling's defense put up 13 tackles for loss in this game and six sacks, uh, which is ridiculously impressive. And um, they outgained Davenport West 349 to 212. Um, so about a 100-yard difference. I will say, when I went back and watched this game, uh, just full out, it's on YouTube. Um, so thank you, Dowling Catholic YouTube, for having that up. Um, I mean, Davenport West kind of handled their own. They were in the red zone a couple times. Um, they just kind of got pushed back and missed a couple field goals, so it doesn't show up on the scoreboard. But, they, I mean, they had some big plays against Dowling. It wasn't like they were completely dominated without, like, gaining any yards. Um, I was impressed with them. I thought they were kind of underrated. I thought they would get absolutely massacred. And uh, if you watch the game, it didn't feel like a massacre. Scoreboard definitely kind of looks like a shutout, and they lost by 35. So I could see why you'd think that. And it was a clean game. There's no turnovers in this game. So that's uh, another nice note for both those teams, I guess. It wasn't just a – it was a clean football game, just nice plays, execution. Um, I think Dowling's, Dowling's special teams played good too. I feel like they had a lot of punt returns that were like for 20-plus yards. Um, so Dowling, they move. They will move on to play Joaquin Northwest at – I'm assuming either that same stadium or Valley Stadium. I'm not sure how that works. I've noticed the past couple of years they haven't gotten to play at Valley Stadium in the playoffs, at least in the first round or even the second round. So I don't know how that works. Maybe they'll play at Eastgood or Drake. We'll see how that goes. Um, so we'll move on to the next game, uh, Johnston. Johnston, I mean, that was pot, that was probably the game of the year in Class 5A. Mainly because of it's being a pl- it being a playoff game, and also because I mean there hasn't really been that many close games this year in the state. It's been kind of the other like blowouts or pretty solid or big wins. There hasn't been like a game winning touchdown or some crazy stuff like that. Um, especially with this type of this type of video, like this game was extremely important for both teams. Obviously, it's a playoff game. Um, I'm my yawn there and. Um, I really this game was insane to watch. I was watching it after I went was uh, driving home from the Ankeny game. Uh, it's super impressive how good uh, this team this team can operate, especially defensively. I'm gonna talk about the Dragons, by the way. Um, now shocker here, Iowa City I outgained Johnson 550 to 325. Um, so almost a two. It is a 225 yard. Uh, difference yards wide and it doesn't show up on short seat maybe because of key turnovers and also big missed field goal uh to win the game for Iowa City I they had a chance and they missed it uh which brought the game to overtime which if you don't know the story already ended up being a massive uh touchdown grab by Jacob Simpson who's one of the best tight ends in the state not the best and um and then uh Larson fumbled on the like literally one inch line and uh Johnson recovered it and won so that game was ridiculous check it out on Bound Iowa if you haven't seen the highlight of the fumble that happened it was nuts um I thought it was a clean game from Johnson's line for the most part they didn't give up any sacks they allowed Will Ness to kind of just stay poised because man he was slinging it um 272 yards by Will Ness and five touchdowns only through one interception um, he is a beauty of a deep ball. Like he throws a, 
some dots. But his anticipation, I feel like, when a wide receiver is going to be open is just amazing. Uh, especially with, like Rex Woodley had a great game, uh, and Simpson had two touchdowns. He is he's very good at just airing that thing out there and uh, allowing his wide receivers to have a chance to go get it. Um, turnovers seem even, but I feel like it's kind of misleading. It was a three to two turnover battle with uh, Johnson having three turn or forcing three turnovers in City High, forcing two turnovers. Um, the thing with Johnson's is I feel like they came in key spots. I feel like um, that Johnson uh, forced them in the red zone, I believe. They had a fumble in the red zone, and then they also got a couple picks that I believe they turned into points. So that's a key reason why this game was in Johnson's hands. Um, yeah, Woodley and Simpson, Rex Woodley and Simpson, those two had a great game. Um, I think Johnson's defense is just – uh, similar, or I'd say just a playmaking defense. Um, they make plays, they force turnovers. I believe they've forced like 15 turnovers in the past three weeks, which is ridiculous. Um, so that hey, that defense is balling for the most part. I know they gave up 550 yards, so you can't say I guess they were balling, but they definitely uh make plays and make plays that win games. So. Uh, hard to hard to cast any stones at them. Um, Larson and Keeter. Um, Drew Larson had like 300 total yards of offense uh, by himself, so that's ridiculous. Um, props to him. He's still balled out. He's been a good quarterback all year. It'll be interesting to see how he will do next season. And then Ben Keeter, obviously, he had three touchdowns, 95 yards, six and a half tackles, and two for loss. So another great game for him that capped off his amazing career. So not all sad. Well, it is sadness. They're eliminated from the playoffs. But, I mean, they they laid it out there, man. That was a great game. Game of the year. Can't hate on them too much for that one. Um, so we'll move on to the next game. We've got Waukee Northwest versus Kennedy. Uh, this game, I mean, 9-0. to This was the Iowa Hawkeyes versus what's a team that just has no offense in the Big Ten. Give me, like, Northwestern. There we go. Even though I know that just happened, and it wasn't a nine to zero game, it just feels like that type of game. Uh, Brady Grisham showed out um, two hundred and eleven yards, I believe, rushing the ball. So that's ridiculous. Um, uh, the key part for Waukee Northwest is they forced three turnovers. They gave up the ball once, but they forced three turnovers, so they had that turnover battle. They were outgained one hundred and fifty four, or no, they outgained Kennedy. One uh two seventeen to one fifty four. And uh I think the key the lock stat here, if you were to look at any stat and say that is a stat that won them the game, I think it's Joaquin Northwest only allowing one point two yards per carry against Kennedy, and we know Kennedy wants to run the football, they want to impose a running game, and when they can't they become not as great of offense, obviously. Um they just can't Especially against CIML teams, they tend to not be able to keep up scoring wise, even though it was only nine to zero. Um, all the scoring was in one quarter for Joaquin Northwest, nine points in the third. So, um, Owen Clunder, I was watching the film. He made a spectacular interception that was, I'm assuming, a big part of the game because it looked like they were on like the twenty. Uh, Kennedy was so that was huge for them. So Kennedy, I mean, tough loss. Um, 
they had they had some great players. Riker Stelling, Michael Mahirin. They've got Vince Vincenzo um, for a couple more years, so I wouldn't be too sad. And they've got some up and coming backs. Uh, Trevor Scott, Donovan Sligdriscoll, I believe that those two will be good. And Cyrus Courtney. So they've got they've got playmakers coming up. I wouldn't be too. This year, I wasn't expecting them to be even like that great of a team, and they were. So, props to them. Uh, we'll move on to the game I was at uh, in Ankeny Stadium, um, Ankeny versus Sioux City East. Uh, this was a defensive masterclass by uh, Ankeny. Two point eight yards per play allowed, um, seventeen tackles for loss, five sacks. Um, they were real Henrik. Well, Heinrichs had a spectacular game. He had, like, ten tackles, two-and-a-half sacks, and, like, three tackles for last total. Um, and he also had an interception. Um, yeah, Ankeny's defense showed out. They played great football. Um, but I will say their offense concerns me because, obviously, Ankeny's goal is a state championship. Uh, they're, they're not happy with the second-round playoff berth. Um, they want to see a ring on their fingers by the end of November. And I'm going to be honest, they need more weapons to show up on offense um, for them to do that. Uh, Earl Meyer's been great. I would like to see uh, maybe Kruger get um, more action and Maddox get more action. Jamison Patton, obviously, and J.J. Core, the elite duo in Iowa high school football. And Jason Williams is a capable back. Um, But they do need that offensive explosion kind of like what we saw with the um southeast boat game evan Ermeyer and jameson Patton were both on fire um maddox i believe even got a couple of uh max ward even got a couple of receptions that game so um if we see this team kind of grow offensively i feel like they're obviously right there with southeast Polk and dowling um J.J. Cole, another no-turnover game. He's been playing out of his mind ever since week one. And I'm actually pretty impressed with Sioux City East for the most part. They played great. Uh, great um, for what I thought they I thought they were going to lose by 30-plus. They kept it close. It was like 0-0 in the first quarter. So... Um, Props to Anki, they'll move on to play Johnson. That game's going to be probably one of the better games in the state that day. Uh, we'll move on to Valley versus Pleasant Valley. So this is a game that a lot of people talked about. as like the defining game of Eastern Iowa is just not there with Central Iowa. It's just such a difference that it's not even comparable. Um, and I do agree with that for the most part. I will say, like, there's one team right now that I believe in in Eastern Iowa that I think is like a quality team, and that's Cedar Falls because they just do, they somehow beat Cedar, uh, Central Iowa teams uh, pretty routinely too. Like every year, I feel like they've beaten a Central Iowa team. Yeah, they have. Um, and I I think that's because of how good their defense usually is, and they also get them at the dome, which is key. I feel like the dome just does something for Cedar Falls. They win a lot of home games against Central Iowa teams like. Let's say it's the Centennial game, obviously. And then we've got the Johnston game at the beginning of the year. And we also have the Centennial game last year that uh, Cedar Falls dominated. So their home field advantage is legit. Um, I'm, I'm 
definitely want more offense from him. But we'll stop previewing that game. Valley, great job limiting PV's running ability. It was a close game, so let's not act like Valley came in and blew them out 42 to 15 or something. It was a 15 to 10 game that came down to a fourth and down conversion. Valley stopped them, and I mean this. I, this team is fun to watch. I actually really enjoy watching them because uh, Zay Robinson, obviously, uh, one of the premier up-and-coming players in the state, he had a great game. He was making clutch first down catches like crazy. And then Aiden Price is one of the most fun players to watch in the state. They use him in a lot of fun ways. And Provenza is just a dual-threat mobile guy. And Darius Mason is an absolute truck at running back. Dom, he, he can definitely handle a couple hit sticks. Um uh, Valley outgained Pleasant Valley 296 to 216. Uh, Valley's defense on it, props to them. There's no, I don't think there, there was one turnover prevents it through one pick. I think it was kind of a miscommunication or a, it was like a, a deep post and it got double teamed. Um, I wouldn't fault him too much for that. It was a, it was a shot to Zay, so uh, I don't fault him for throwing up a deep shot to Zay. So they'll move on to play Cedar Falls in the Dome. I'm excited for that game. Um, but we'll move on to the next game. This game was an absolute murder. Um, Prairie. Prairie just exploded against Lenmar. They Lenmar, like, this was this is messed up. This is legalized murder. Uh, 13.1 yards per play. This team got absolutely dominated. Not last week. That's why I thought there wasn't a way for them to win because there was this kind of it's hard to beat a team back to back weeks, but to to the level that they beat this team, like I would think it would be a close game. They beat them fifty to twenty eight, and it was like thirty to thirty three to like six or something in the second quarter. Like this game was like a mid season game against like a beat up team. Um, Mikel Taylor dropped 300 plus yards. Will Phillips comes in as a backup quarterback and drops up like two, 180 yards passing and three touchdowns. Like this was an uh, absolutely crazy game by Prairie. Uh, Prairie had three interceptions as well in this game, so they're forcing turnovers and they didn't even they didn't even have a turnover on their end. So they played the most clean offensively game they could, but I gave up 28 points. There, I mean that doesn't nearly show. It wasn't like ever um, that like twenty eight points. It was it was six points heading into the fourth quarter for Lemar. So I feel like that's kind of deceiving. Deceiving looking at that final score. Um, that being said, I mean good season for Lemar. They're a physical team, but they just kind of got outclassed last Friday. So tough for them. Um, I really Prairie against. Salty Spoke, we'll get into that later. Um, but, yeah, that game, we'll talk about it. We'll just say that. Um, and then we'll talk about Cedar Falls here. Cedar Falls against Centennial. Defensive master class for both teams. Um, Centennial only allowed 2.7 yards per play. Cedar Falls and lost. Now, that's got to be the, the weirdest thing. I mean, 2.7 yards per play, people. That's a three and out easy that's not even a question like oh like a majority of the time you're probably getting a three now and they still won the game 14 to 10 um cedar falls won the turnover battle three to one 
So, I mean, there's that. A lot of big fumbles. I mean, Centennial had literally a QB sneak for a touchdown. And um, Cedar Falls kind of forced the fumble, I guess. They more like recovered the fumble. Uh, it was one of those plays where the QB um, gets under center and he gets the push from his like running backs to get in or his tight end, whatever you want, fullbacks, um, to kind of just push him in the end zone. But the push was so, I guess, violent that he fumbled the ball before crossing the goal line. Uh, I looked at the replay. I think it's pretty clear he fumbles it. Um, I I mean, that sucks for Centennial, man. That's, that's a touchdown away from uh, playing Valley, which would be interesting, but you're, like, near home. So... Uh, yeah, you're definitely home in that game, I, I believe. So that would be interesting, kind of a rematch from last year for them. So, I mean, Cedar Falls, we'll talk about them more, but offense is de- definitely a concern because Centennial outgained Cedar Falls 239 to 104 this game. So, I mean, they barely scraped 100 yards this game. I'm, I'm def- That's a concern for me. Cedar Falls offense, I mean, their defense is legit. Don't get me wrong. Their defense is really good. Um, on to the next game, Southeast Polk versus Ames. I mean, uh, there's not much to talk about. It was a slow start. It was like 0-0 after the first. Then they just exploded. It was like 21-3 to and then 20, I think 42-3 to like by the end of the third quarter. So, I mean, it was domination. 14.3 yards per carry by uh, Southeast Polk. That's ridiculous. Um, Abu Sama had like seven carries for 130-something yards, so like Jesus. Um, they outgained him 365 to 265. Good job by the Southeast Polk secondary. I believe Abu Sama was in there at the corner. This is the one game I haven't watched besides Prairie, I guess. I haven't watched that one. Um, and... Uh, I'm, so I don't know the inner details of the game, but uh, looking at the set sheet, Abu Sama had a great game, and Dr- uh, Draymond Woods had a great game as well. Uh, I mean, defense wins games. We know this. Um, if you aren't going to be, I mean, zero. So first quarter, you see a zero zero, um, and then the second quarter, uh, Ames defense just can't keep up. And if you don't have a defense that can at least get you some stops to limit them to, like, 28, you're not going to have a fighting chance, especially in the playoffs, especially against Southeast Polk. All right. Let's talk about each of the up-and-coming quarterfinal games. This is – I'm excited for this, man. This is going to be a fun Friday. Uh, just in case you don't know, all final scores will be posted on – Friday on the PK Podcast Twitter and Bound Iowa Instagram. Make sure to check those out. Those should be posted almost instantly uh, when the final score happens, as I, I try to. And by instantly, I'm obviously saying about 30 minutes, give or take. Sometimes it's a literally 30 seconds difference. Sometimes it's a, a little bit longer just because I'm a human. I'm not a program. Can't really get the, st- the stats in that quick or the scores in that quick. Um... But on to the game. So we've got Dowling versus Joaquin Northwest, Johnson versus Ankeny, Valley versus Centennial, and Prairie versus Sep. Um, we've got, I believe, Prairie versus Sep. That's a rematch. And then we got Dowling versus Joaquin Northwest. I mean, yeah, Dowling versus Joaquin Northwest. That's a rematch. Other than that, 
Anki and Johnson haven't played each other in a couple of years, and um, Cedar Falls and Valley haven't played each other recently, I believe. So um, let's we'll start with the first one: Dowling versus Joaquin West. Um, I mean, last game this the the regular season game this was a thrash, and um, it was at Joaquin West. It was the game of the week. Um, and Dowling just absolutely dominated. Rashad Davis had a big game. I believe he had three touchdowns. And so I don't really talk about – I don't think a prediction is warranted here. Um, I feel like most people believe Dowling's going to win. I don't think it's groundbreaking stuff. I'm going to say I think Dowling's going to win by at least 20 probably. Um, let's talk about the path to victory that Joaquin Northwest would have to have. So first off, You'd have to win up front, offensively. Um, you'd have to keep the ball in your hands to just prevent scoring opportunities for Dowling. Don't let them get in a track meet with you. Joaquin Northwest doesn't have nearly a good enough offense for them to uh, compete uh, with Dowling's offense. Um, so if they keep, if Grisham can average around five yards per carry, I'll say five yards per carry. I think Joaquin Northwest can keep it somewhat close. And then we're going to add that with something. I think Dowling has to be limited to about three yards of carry. That's the one that's like, how are you going to do that? Um, they have Kale Winter up front and Eli Moses and Harry Alinen, uh Chase Lamb. So they have it okay up front. But to stop this Dowling line is going to be such a big task. Um, and offensively, I'm worried about them. I mean, Dowling's off def- eh, defense isn't ridiculously good, but it's definitely capable of stopping Joaquin Northwest. So if you're looking for a score prediction, I'll go Dowling 34 to 10. Uh, well, just so 35 to 10. I'll give them the point. Um, against Joaquin Northwest. Now, this could be... Close game mainly. No, I won't say could be. There is a chance this is a close game mainly because of how good Joaquin Northwest can be at running the ball. If you run the ball, you obviously chew up clock, and that creates less scoring opportunities, which creates a low-scoring game. So the score could look close. But if they let Dowling get up to a 10-point lead right away, I think that's when you start to get worried as a Joaquin Northwest fan. Um, so that'll be my preview on Dowling. I think Smolik could have a big day, um, especially our play action looks. But I think offensive line wise, I think Dowling's just gonna dominate. I'm not sure about defensive line wise for Dowling. Um, there actually is. I have my team of the week is coming up at six. I believe this will be out by then. But um, I've got. Ralston Rumley from Dowling had a ridiculous game. Like three and a half tackles for loss, or four and a half, I believe, against uh, against uh, Davenport West. So there's that for Dowling. Um, we'll move on to the next game, Johnson versus Ankeny. Okay. Now this is a cool matchup because I feel like it's this. It's it's just two suburb schools going at it. Um, these schools have seen each other a couple times they saw each other in basketball last year um i i don't know what i will say here so 
it's easy to be super impressed by what Johnson has done with defensively and Will Nuss throwing the ball offensively. That being said, I think if you get Ankeny's best effort right now, heading into the dome, that's that's there's a pretty big doubt for me that they can keep up. Now here's here's a couple of reasons. Coaching staff wise, Ankeny the past two years heading into the dome, they beat Waukee uh, with Aaron Smith um, and Joe Morrison and some other great players. They beat them. Uh, 35-0 on the road. Uh, that was with Arlen Bruce. And then next year, they beat Prairie like 37-6. So, they're good. They're damn good in the in the quarterfinals. So, there's no overlooking here. They know what they need to do. It's it's shown through past, through the history that this coaching staff just doesn't allow them, like a team to look over. Uh, and I think Johnson is... A scary team to play right now, mainly because they're playing really good football. But I think Ankeny is just going to overmatch them playmaking-wise. I think playmaking-wise, Ankeny makes more plays. I mean, Jamison Patton out. I'm interested. I mean, Steve, I'm assuming Tay Proctor will guard him. Or maybe Jerry Klein or Klein. I don't know how to say it. It'll be zone. They run zone coverage most of the time, so it's not. It's not like they're manning up and shadowing Jameson Pan, but more the key for Johnson to win this game, I'd say, stop the run, force him to be one-dimensional. I'd honestly, Patton, just kind of let it happen. Patton's going to have a great game. Do not allow Evan Ehrmeyer, Jerry Kruger, Max Ward to get going. Force JJ to be one-dimensional with him. I think you give yourself a real chance to win. Um, but I will say Ankeny defensively I think they're going to be ready their secondary is ridiculously good um, with Jamison, PJ, Ben and they've got others too that I'm just not naming um, but I, I'd say I think this is a, not a, like a crazy blowout that we're expecting to see I think, I think the game is going to be 31-21 to 21. Ankeny's going to win. Um, I think their defense has been playing better, and I think their offense can make plays. It's going to be at Ankeny Stadium. I'm going to, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be. It's going to be a great game to be at. Uh, yeah, make sure. I mean, if you're like a neutral fan that's just looking for a game to go to on Friday, which I mean, that might be rare, but um, make sure to head out to that game because that game has the potential to be a game of the year candidate especially with it adding another dump. All right. I, I, I didn't even mention Jacob Simpson. Legit. Like, that is a legit football player right there, man. Um, and we've seen Ankeny struggle with tight ends. I mean, Eli Raritan. Okay, that's about it. So, just negate what I just said there. Ankeny doesn't really struggle with tight ends that much. Um, so, we'll move on to Valley versus Cedar Falls. All right. This is the game that I feel like most people are kind of waiting for, mainly because this is a, a true kind of who am I going to pick type game rather than just how much is a team going to win by. Um, all right, so Val. Valley just had their best win of the year. Um, they beat Pleasant Valley, and they do it on the road, so like a f- long drive. 
um, they are able to get a team win. I believe that it's truly a team win. There's not a single player that just carried them, I'd say. I think it was a team effort. Cedar Falls, on the other hand, won purely defensively. I mean purely. I'm, I actually am very confident. That was purely a defensive effort by... Um, by uh, ugh, I can't speak. By Cedar Falls to win that game. It's going to be in the Dome. Um, Valley, uh, I mean, Cedar Falls, I mean, uh, has played great in the Dome. Uh, Valley, on the other hand, I think out-athlete, like, this has better athletes in them. Um, overall, I'm, I'm slow with my words here because I'm trying to come up with how, who I want to pick because I've been thinking about this game all week and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll up the Tigers <laughs> they're both called the Tigers that was stupid by, on my part um, I'm gonna rock a valley and I'm gonna rock a valley because I don't think their defense is a really good don't get me wrong but to limit them to like 10 points max again that's gonna be extremely tough to do and I think that um Valley's offense is a little more explosive than Centennial, and I think that um, if you get Zay Robinson, Aiden Price, and Bryce Anderson going, they're going to have a really tough job uh, limiting them to 10 points because I think that's what you have to do because I don't – Valley's defense is a good defense, and um, Cedar Falls is going to have to score above 10 points or 14 points to win. Uh, I think it's like a 21-17 to 17 type game or the 14. I don't think there's a lot of scoring in this game. Um, I'm pretty confident on that. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I think Valley can win by a touchdown, make it to the Dome for the consecutives, uh, consecutive year, which would be ridiculous with this Cinderella run. Uh, pretty favorable draw, I'd say. Um, two Eastern Iowa teams you kind of have to get to deal with, which we know. The truth of the matter is Eastern Iowa teams usually lose to Central Iowa teams unless you're Cedar Falls. So that's the thing. Cedar Falls actually has a chance. Um, moving on, we've got Prairie versus Sep. I, I mean Sep. I think Sep's going to win the path to victory. That's what we're going to talk about. I'm going to start changing that. I'm, I don't think it's rewarding to just t- for me to say in about 10 seconds, well, I think Sep's going to win by a lot. Um, I think Sep will win. Now, Prairie's path to victory. Again, Mikel Taylor against the IML teams hasn't been Mikel Taylor against the Eastern Iowa teams. If they are to win, they need him to be, like, a legit running back in Class 5A. Like, premier, perform like a premier, perform like an Abu Sama. They need a 200-plus yard day for him with, like, three touchdowns. And they also need their defense to kind of hold on. We saw them compete with Southeast Polk last year. It was 21-20. to I still, to this day, don't know how that happened, but it happened. So there is a, I mean, don't act like Prairie doesn't have dudes that did that to Southeast Polk last year. And some would argue Southeast Polk was better last year, uh, mainly because of Xavier. But this team returned a lot on defense and returned a really good O-line. So... This team is pretty complete still, and it's a similar team. I mean, yeah, I mean, 
it's a tough road for Prairie to win. They have to have a lot of things go right. I'll probably create some turnovers, get Moberly a little rattled because the one game Southeast Polk lost this year was because Moberly threw three interceptions. Um, that's your kind of goal. Uh, make Moberly win the game, uh, even though he's a good quarterback, and uh, hope Mikel Taylor comes with his A stuff. And maybe Will Phillips will come out and pass the ball extremely well, but I think if they have Abu on defense, there's no chance of that. So that would be – so my final four would be Ankeny, Dowling, Southeast Pocan Valley. Talk about a blue blood system right there, holy cow. Um, and the seating, I think the seating would go Dowling 1. Um, Ankeny 2. Uh, no, they go Southeast Poke 2, Ankeny 3, so, and then 4, Valley. Yeah, I think that's how seating would go. And if you want me to pick those, I go Dowling with a lot over Valley. And then I go, oh, jeez, Ankeny versus Southern Pope. That gives me a headache. I don't even know if I want to make an official prediction. Jeez, yeah, that's that's for a different day. We'll talk about that game a different day. Um, so with that being said, that will end the episode. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. 38 minutes. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Um, I'll try to get one out sooner next week. As you, I'm a college student. College is ramping up. It's at midterm time of the year. Um, so I'm praying. I'm praying I can get an episode out quick to you. I should be at home in Ankeny, so I should be able to get it out way quicker than normal. All right. So with that being said, everyone have a great night. Uh, enjoy your week. We've got a great Friday. We've got a great Saturday, and we got NFL on the Sunday. I mean, we're we're excited this week. So, uh, hope everyone has a great week. Enjoy the football season because it's wrapping up before you know it, people. We're almost done with the high school season, so enjoy it while it's here. All right. Hope everyone has a great day. I've said this um, over and over again now. Um, uh, this has been a great episode. Thank <laughs> you.